0: Anderson Afternoons, the podcast.
1: A very busy Monday afternoon here on CJOB. Cynthia Carr, epidemiologist, will join us after the news at 2.30 in about half an hour. We're going to talk about masks and also you know the balancing act between restrictions and business right the economy and and public health safety i guess is is kind of the balancing act and boy it's tough to please everybody but i guess uh provincial public health officials are are trying to do that Uh, Brittany greenslade our global news senior reporter will join us as well on uh, these restrictions and uh, will there be compensation for some of the businesses impacted so still lots coming up on the show also the head of doctors manitoba uh is going to join us i just got a nice message here on on facebook from rick uh rick says we just gave away the santa lucia pizza rick says how i started having the hal and joe pizza from santa lucia A few years back, Santa Lucia on Corden is my favorite spot. They did not open up for dine-in, but, of course, I order and uh, grab and go all the time. I switched hell full-time to CJOB when COVID began, and I have not missed a day since. Best regards. Take care. Rick. Isn't that nice? Very nice of Rick to... uh, uh, send that message to me and yes the hal and joe pizza is fantastic i'll tell you what i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward uh to trying one of the great new brunch, uh, brunch and breakfast menu items at the toad pub the owner of the toad pub kevin monk joins us on the phone now kevin good afternoon
0: hey how's it going
1: Good. So listen, um, first of all, I'm sorry to hear you have to shut down for a couple of weeks. We were chatting earlier today, and uh, I was talking to a, a well, Dave Patrician, the sports doctor who's on my show quite a bit, and, and he's been in the restaurant for m- business for many years, and when you were on with me before and you said, well, we can't open up as late at night, so we're going to open up earlier and do brunch and breakfast – your attitude uh impressed me and a lot of other people that were listening and heard you and and they your attitude impressed dave too and said you know what i love it he's not grumbling he's going hey it's a pandemic you know you got to do what you got to do and and you're doing the same thing again you said to me hey yeah i got to shut down for two weeks hell, but i'm excited because my brunch and breakfast menu is taking off so i'm anxious to get back at it in a couple of weeks How are you staying so positive through this? Because we're definitely hearing anger and frustration from other restaurant owners.
0: Well, hey, just to be clear, we understand COVID is no joke. You know, this is no joke. Um, We have no problem um, shutting down if that's what we need to do to stop this thing, right? That being said, nobody wants to stop working. So we're just going to, you know, Try and uh, make the best of it. So I'm going to use the time to focus on things that are harder to get to when I'm open seven days a week. You know, that kind of stuff. It's yeah. So you're going
1: to you're, well. you're 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 going to look at changing the way you do things, like you know maybe a little renovating or, or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I still want to keep some of my staff working. So if I can get them to do some of these home improvement projects and stuff, I'm gonna, I don't like definitely the the cook is not your uh, carpenter, but you know, we'll see what we can do you know, keep the family in, uh, in check here, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's, do you feel though? Uh, do you,
1: I'm sorry. Finish your thought, Kevin. I apologize.
0: Yeah. The Toad's the, the 30th anniversary is on October 3rd and we had all these entertainment plans. We had a great, uh, party planned but we couldn't do that. So we're hoping, you know, one of these days we will be able to, uh, celebrate again. But until that, you know, we're going to uh, make sure that the the public is safe and my staff is safe and you can come and have a, you know, a great time, but in a safe environment. You know, sure. I, I, I talked to Chris and Gerard from the King's Head and Shannon. We're all on the same boat and none of us like this, but we all, you know, we're not the culprits here and we're going to make sure that we won't be ever the culprit, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think, and, and some people have complained in your business, some restaurant owners uh, have complained, that uh, the licensing isn't necessarily the best way to decide who can open and who needs to close. Would you agree with that, that it's not the best way to, to, to sort of say, okay, you, you, you got to close, you, you can open, because you essentially operate as a restaurant too, but
0: yet you have to close. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think we should keep the license type out of it and just focus on the behavior. You know, um, all of the mandates, that say, you know, 50% capacity and the socialists, all that stuff. That needs to be done. But as far as you know, because you know, there's a vaccine, I can have a band and a big party there. That shouldn't determine whether or not, right now, I I can adhere to the to the uh, system. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, I'm curious to know cuz we're going to talk with our Britney Greenslate about this in about half an hour from now. Uh, do you think uh, you know you have to shut down for at least 2 weeks? Let's hope it's only 2 weeks, but for sure yeah. it's going to be 2 weeks. Um do you think that you and and other people in your business should be entitled now to some sort of compensation or or something for having to shut down?
0: Well, you know, if you ever get laid off from your job, typically you get two weeks' notice. You know, and oh. maybe you get a severance check, but none of that happened. I've got you know all the food I had tapped kegs of beer. You know, they they're not going to last for two weeks. I got to throw out all like you know I'm going to donate and give a lot of the stuff away that I can. You know, but nobody's going to compensate me for all that wastage, all that product. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I
1: sure yeah and and it's not like other uh areas that have been affected by covid haven't received you know somebody earlier uh was reacting to a clip of uh, of chris from the king's head that i played earlier uh saying you know we're all being affected by this but there are many people out there who are at least able to were able to sign up for the serb right through the government so there was some help and uh and I know business uh, restaurants have tried to get some help from the city on on the tax front, and and that hasn't been heard. And and so it seems to me that yeah, fair is fair. If you've got to shut down for two weeks, I, I think that y- you need to be able to get some help from government.
0: Well, you know, and that's I agree. Also, you know, I've loved the outpouring of support from our neighbors. And you know, I put out a flyer last week. It was a hail mary to see like ground up business, and you know, people are showing up. And, you know, I could only sell so many scotch eggs for the two-week layoff. But, you know, like I said, support from the uh, from the neighbors is helping a lot, too. So we appreciate that.
1: Will you do, um, like, uh, you can't open for business. Are you allowed to sell, uh, like, grab-and-go and take-out, delivery, that kind of stuff? Are you allowed to continue with that?
0: Well, the thing is, Al, Al um, they haven't even told us And like, nobody came around and said, this is the deal. It's what I heard on the radio and what I knew is what happened. So nobody has really come out and said what I can do or not. And, uh, you know, so uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It doesn't seem feasible for me to have somebody on standby waiting for the odd takeout order that might pop in, you know?
1: sure so. yeah and every business has to make that decision right i mean there have been some restaurants that all through this have not opened for dine-in even though they could do that they've continued to do uh pick up take out and and delivery so i think you have to sort of look at your scenario your situation your customers and decide what works uh what
0: works for you yeah i think we'll address all of these things uh, i'm gonna have a meeting with my staff and my family Uh, my brother and you know we'll come up with it with something that's going to work but needless to say we're going to be back stronger and better than ever in two weeks hopefully if that's all it's going to be
1: sure and but does it you know what and and i'm happy to hear that man because i i but i i worry about those restaurants out there that say two weeks might be the nail in the coffin for us
0: well it very well could be too i mean some days you're robbing peter to pay paul you know just when you start to get something rolling something new happens, you know, so we're at the point where we're just going to have to, you know, keep getting up off the mat and uh, let's not worry about what isn't, let's worry about what can be. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Well, listen,
1: man, I love your attitude. I've heard from many people that have heard our conversations in the past, and I know I'll hear from more today. Uh, you started out by saying what I believe is that, you know, COVID is nothing to be messed with. You understand why this is happening. Could it have been done better? Sure, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I love your, your attitude, man. You're going to come back bigger
0: and better in two weeks. Hey, thanks. And And for the first time in my life, I have a website, the Toad Pub Winnipeg,
1: <laughs> I know, I saw that. So tell everybody what it is so they can check it out.
0: The Toad Pub Winnipeg. That's all you need to know. The ToadPubWinnipeg.com. Uh, everything Winnipeg. everything com. that's going to be happening um, with us and with the entertainment, when we can start doing that, we'll be on there. So come on down and uh, eat our great food and uh, say hello to our great staff and and do the same with the Kingshead and Shannon's and all these other pubs too. We all need to support.
1: yeah. Yeah, and if if there are uh ways to support restaurants uh, without going and sitting and and dining in, uh certainly do that. I hope it I hope it's a short 2 weeks, uh Kevin. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Kevin Monk, owner of the Toad Pub, one of the establishments that is shutting down for 2 weeks starting today uh under the new provincial COVID guidelines for Winnipeg and area. Epidemiologist Cynthia Carr. Cynthia, good afternoon. Hello. Hi. Thank you very much for doing this. Appreciate it. Um so listen, we're talking a lot about masks today. Let me get to that in a bit. Um I wanna start with these new restrictions in the Winnipeg metro area, which is the city, and then some of the surrounding areas. Um, you're, you're a doctor, you're an epidemiologist. Do you ever, uh, look at the impact of public health orders and, uh, how those orders affect individuals, but also businesses? I realize you're in the business of keeping people healthy and, and safe, um but we've been hearing a lot from restaurant and bar owners today and and some of them are are pretty frustrated i'm i'm just curious as a doctor do you ever give that any thought or or what's your sense of some of the frustration and anger that we're hearing today okay.
2: well, Right. So I will answer that just a slight correction. I am an epidemiologist, but I'm not an MD. Uh, There's a lot of overlap, a lot of MDs are epis and a lot of epis are MDs, but it's not always the case. So I am an epidemiologist, um, but I'm not a doctor. But to your question, it's a very important one and it is one that we uh, in the field of epidemiology look at all the time. And so there's three areas that uh, Dr. Ruth and, and people in public health need to balance. So that is the actual science of the disease, the control of it and the spread of it. Um, versus what you've talked about or are in concert with uh, measures of social well-being and then economic well-being because all three of those are extremely important and we may say you know uh, in Manitoba for example fewer than one of, percent of, of people have had uh, you know a lab confirmed uh, case of, uh, of COVID-19 but but we know that many many more people are impacted in terms of social well-being economic well-being, mental health, all of those things are very important, which is why Dr. Roost I believe is trying not to go to a full-on uh, lockdown again, because those are, those are high prices to pay uh, if we can manage the science of the disease and the spread uh, in a different way.
1: Yeah, and, and there's uh, I, I can only imagine what Dr. Roosan is dealing with, right? There's the politicians. They mm-hmm. want one thing. He's trying to do the best from a health perspective. And then there are individuals and business people that are, are chiming in as well. What a tough job that must be
2: it's very challenging and you know one of the lessons from sars uh from 2003-4 which was much shorter in duration was that uh you know the world health organization itself says that the social and economic impact of sars was much greater than the actual infection rate itself but you know we that that was you know was a measure that was needed so that the infection rate did not become out of control so You know, it it feels like, well, why are we paying such a high price when the infection rate is so low? But it it would be higher if, you know, we weren't having to make some of these tough choices.
1: And it doesn't help that this is a new virus. We know more every day as we go along. And that gets Mm. me to the mass conversation. Uh, Even Mm. I'm going to play some audio later on of Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, Uh, In the U.S. who was on 60 Minutes last night talking about a bunch of stuff around coronavirus, including the effectiveness of masks. And Mm -hmm. early on, even he said, "Eh, you know, masks probably aren't doing a whole lot, but we've learned more about the virus and now we know that masks do work, right?
2: And and I saw that uh, interview as well. The point in the beginning, which was it's a little bit gets miscommunicated. And what he was trying to say as well is that in the beginning, if you remember, the concern was about protecting surgical medical masks. Um, so that the healthcare system would have them, and and we weren't really talking as much about cloth masks. But as he said, we've learned that cloth masks actually have quite a bit of effectiveness, as shown in labs, uh, to be able to um, help stop the uh, the the spread or the droplets from going as far as they can without wearing a mask so um, from the beginning the other complicating thing was we were always saying only the person with the infection should be wearing the mask that is protecting you from getting it from them but the change over time is that we would learn as we go is this asymptomatic infection rate is that so many people were found to be uh, uh, have a, a positive test result with no symptoms and that it was found that you could spread it that way so with that we have to all act as though we might be infected as opposed to the classic where there's obvious symptoms and only you uh with those obvious symptoms uh would wear the mask
1: and a cloth mask it's not an n95 but a cloth Mm -hmm. mask is effective right like give me the breakdown on the because some people are are now saying well fashion masks uh don't work, cloth masks don't make a difference. They do, right?
2: Well, and it's a good point, right? Like, think of all of the masks that are out there for purchase. Clearly, they have not all been tested in a lab environment. So, uh, again, the World Health Organization would say the best would be to have a mask that is three layers um, for protection. And, of course, uh, a fabric that allows you to breathe properly uh, and not maybe like a, you know, a dense nylon fabric. But you're right. We can't say that every single cloth or disposable mask has the same level of effectiveness. In blocking the same amount of the um, droplets, or keeps them, you know, from going from three meters and down to two meters. But overall, having a barrier in place is shown to definitely help the harm reduction side in terms of doing something rather than nothing, particularly as the World Health Organization says, when you have to be in a situation for 15 minutes or more and you're within two meters of somebody else, that's when you you need to be wearing a mask.
1: And the other thing I hear from from listeners uh, a lot is, well, we've been told to wear masks again. Masks have been mandatory in public places now again uh, in Winnipeg for a while. We've been doing that, and yet we continue to see high numbers. I have said, and tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, I have said, yeah, but what would the number be like if we weren't wearing masks? So maybe weigh in on that, too, because I hear that from a lot of people.
2: Absolutely. And in the beginning, remember when we were talking so much about projections, it could be this many cases, it could be this many deaths. Um, That wasn't wishful thinking or predicting. It was projecting and saying, if we don't do anything, this could be the worst case scenario. So it's very hard to say, well, you know, we're seeing the numbers go up, which is not ideal, of course. Um, But it's hard to say that that's in spite of mask wearing. The numbers could be twice as high if we weren't wearing masks but of course we can't measure what what isn't happening so you know we have to believe from all of the other research that wearing masks is helping again with harm reduction
1: you know you made this point in in your comment there i think so much of what we talk about even with the experts like you, uh, cynthia these are best guesses right i mean there's no certainty in this there's no certainty in an epidemic is there
2: well, and, and uncertainty creates, um, you know, increasing anxiety, and, and I understand that. Uh, the longer the uncertainty continues, the more, it, you know, we don't sleep well, we're concerned, we we're, you know, might be suffering job losses, financial uh, impact. It's very tough on everyone. But remember that as more scientific information comes out, that is shared. So there certainly is certainty um, from research that masks do help that distancing does help that hand washing does help um, so and that the more you're together in an enclosed space, the more likely it is that that virus will spread and and we don't want it to spread to our most vulnerable uh, population and that comes from the community. It doesn't just start in a long-term care home or a hospital.
1: Cynthia thanks for your help today I appreciate it.
2: very welcome.
1: Cynthia Carr, an epidemiologist, not a doctor, an epidemiologist at Epi Research, and you hear her uh, here on the air uh, quite a bit with us. Dr. Corey Bailey is the president of Doctors Manitoba and joins us now. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. Um, A couple of things uh, that I wanted to chat with you about, and thanks for making time. I I know it's a very busy time for you, obviously. Uh, We just heard in the news that uh, COVID-19 testing will begin starting tomorrow at community clinics, and you're partnering up with the province on this at uh, Doctors Manitoba. Tell us about it.
3: Exactly. You know, uh, physicians know the importance of timely COVID-19 testing for Manitobans. And that's why physicians have stepped up to uh, open clinics to make them available for COVID-19 testing. Uh, Doctors Manitoba has uh, partnered with Manitoba Health in order to uh, facilitate uh, safe COVID-19 testing. Uh, this will be happening either uh, after hours in uh, in clinics that uh, that have offered uh, their facilities, or if they do have uh, the physical space to be do it. To, to do this separate from their usual patients. Uh, some may be able to offer this uh, during daytime hours.
1: I'm curious, uh, did Doctors Manitoba go to the province or did the province come to you about this?
3: We're in, in constant consultation with the province in terms of uh, how to optimize healthcare for Manitobans. And uh, I think the province approached Doctors Manitoba to see if this would be something that uh, we'd be able to help facilitate. And doctors, Manitoba and, and Manitoba physicians were were happy to participate
1: because the province has also uh, put a, a request today uh, looking for healthcare workers, you know, paid positions uh, to help out at this time, uh, and I would imagine that includes doctors as well, eh? Uh, I'm certain. And have a lot of doctors come out of retirement or or, uh, you know become involved in, in this uh, uh, fight against COVID?
3: Definitely. We've had uh, many clinics that have offered to to step up to offer uh, COVID-19 testing. Uh, initially, uh, Manitoba Health has, has selected Dakota Medical Clinic, so that will be the first clinic coming on board uh, tomorrow from 6 to 10 in the evening. But there are other clinics that uh, hopefully will be online shortly uh, in uh, Winnipeg, and uh, not far after, we hope to have clinics on board uh, in other localities like Brandon or uh, rural areas.
1: Mm-hmm. But I mean, just generally, because I know some nurses have come out of retirement to help. Uh, have there been doctors that are, are retired or, or, you know, that have gotten involved in, in the fight against COVID? Has that happened uh, for doctors as well in the province?
3: You know, I'm not sure specifically if if uh, physicians have, have come out of retirement to uh, to help out with the COVID-19 fight. Um, uh, I could get back to you on that, Al.
1: Sure. Okay, no, fair enough. And and the only reason I asked that is because this is actually why I wanted to have you on today. Um, I was reading in the States, they surveyed uh, 3,000 U.S. physicians, so more than 3,000 actually. So, you know, a fairly good number of U.S. physicians. And, and here's some of the interesting... Uh, numbers eight percent of those physicians have had to close their practice 58 percent of those doctors reported feeling burned out and the number one source of frustration for the physicians a lack of adherence by, uh, by the public to the requested safety guidelines like wearing a mask and social distancing how are your members how are doctors in manitoba doing through this pandemic i i I don't feel like they've received enough attention you know we talk about frontline workers but we don't often talk specifically about doctors and and they are really on the front lines of this you
3: know certainly you know covid 19 takes a toll on everyone and, and physicians aren't immune to this we know that there's studies saying that even before the pandemic 30% uh, 30% of Canadian physicians were experiencing burnout, and we know the challenges that uh, the pandemic uh, places on physicians. There's uh, earlier on in the pandemic, and still now, there are concerns about being able to have uh, adequate uh, personal protective equipment. Uh, we still don't have. Um, uh, For pandemic illness prevention, if a physician becomes ill, uh, there's no uh, coverage from the province for that eventuality. So there's stresses for for physicians and uh, just like there's stresses for for all of Canadians and Manitobans with, with COVID.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, you know, that uh, because we're focusing a lot right now on restaurants and bars that are having to shut down for the next two weeks. But as many people have pointed out and and we've been discussing, uh, listen, everybody in one way or another uh, is facing new challenges because – of, uh, of this pandemic. Uh, doctors uh, doing more virtual appointments. I know I have a virtual appointment with my doctor, Ian Maharaj, just had one with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, is that something we might see more of as things kind of get back to something closer to normal? Is
3: that working well? Certainly, Doctors Manitoba has been uh, advocating for increased virtual care uh, even before the pandemic. Uh, it wasn't something that was possible uh, previously because uh, Manitoba health didn't uh, didn't authorize that but uh, i think going forward uh, the page has been turned and i, I think uh, the public will demand that that virtual care uh, be an option uh, once we get back to normal
1: cory dr bailey thanks a lot for this
3: i appreciate it anytime out